Generation Church, family and friends, Pastor Stephen here in the most beautiful place in the world, in the planet, South County, Rhode Island. We really hope that you come and you visit us in person. Uh, enjoy everything that this county uh, and these, these towns have to offer here in Rhode Island. Especially come and visit us uh, with your friends or family this Easter Sunday as we celebrate not only Good Friday, 7 p.m., uh, Main Street, South Kingstown, but also two services, uh, two times of just experiencing and celebrating the hope of Easter, 8 and 10 a.m., baptisms, uh, Easter egg hunt, all sorts of things for kids and for family. Uh, it's going to be just a safe place to come as you are and really celebrate with us. Cannot wait to see you. We're also so excited that you would be tuning into this podcast as we begin a, a new series of talks called Untangling Jesus from Religion, inspired by Pastor Marco, my dear friend in New Bedford. Him and his wife, Lindsay, lead an amazing church called New Life South Coast. They have two locations in New Bedford and Fall River. And this is a message uh, that we believe is a timely resource for the church in New England and the world, but specifically just for, for anyone uh, who is uh, interested, not in more religion, but in the way of Jesus. So, hey, be encouraged, lean in, and prepare your hearts to hear more about the good news of Jesus. We love you, church. Cannot wait to see you this Easter. So glad that you guys are here uh, with us. My beautiful bride is holding down Kids Church with some URI students and others. And uh, so glad that you guys are here with us as we worship together. All right, if you would stand, I want to just read a passage of Scripture. We are in a new series uh, of talks called Untangling Jesus from Religious, from Religion and Religious People. No, Untangling Jesus from Religion. And this is a, uh, a book that was written by uh, my, my dear friend, uh, Pastor Marco DeBarros, who uh, leads a church in uh, the South Coast, New Bedford and Fall River. And, uh, and he was uh, just over four years ago, the Holy Spirit, uh, when we were gathering on Main Street at, a, at our space, uh, God told me to, to drive up to New Bedford for a prayer gathering at, uh, at a building that was uh, actually ended up falling through before God gave him uh, something even greater and uh, bigger. And I went there just because the Holy Spirit told me, and I, I'd never really met him, and he, uh, I was just in the back praying. God told me to pray and then leave, and uh, he, he brought me up front to uh, give a word to their church just in the Spirit. And since then, um, there really has been no greater uh, friendship and partnership with another pastor that I've had uh, in New England over the last four years. And um, I've been able to preach there a bunch of times. Uh, he, he gave a message at The Sound, the live recording, which is uh, a worship a collection of nine new songs that we're releasing soon. And uh, I've always believed in the power of uh, resourcing New England with people who are leading in New England. We believe that with music. We believe that I have a passion to write as well and other things. So this is really uh, exciting to dive deeper. We've been giving this book out. So part of our uh, offering that we took at the end of 2020 
we gave some of that resource to um, buy. We bought 100 books of these um, at a great price. We're going to get a lot more because we want to give away some for, for Easter. But if you do not have a copy of this, it will be in the back. Most of you have. Also, some community groups like our Hope Valley community group. Shout out to Hope Valley. They, they're leading in... A, they're, they're, going through, they're going through this book. And uh, it is a great resource to give to people, especially unchurched, irreligious people. So I'm going to look at, um, it's one of the chapters today, but there's a specific verse that we're going to highlight when we talk about Jesus versus religion. Here's the passage of scripture uh, from Matthew. I'm going to read this together. This is Matthew 11, uh, verse 28 to 30. And uh, I, uh, I usually preach from the ESV. I sometimes do the NLT. Uh, this is the message, which is a paraphrase. Um, so if there's any extra religious people who are like, they're reading from the message. This service and series is for you. I used to be that person. But um, for every, other people, it's like, that's over your head. That's good. God bless you. Um, and so good to see people today. Come on. Can we give it up for new people and just people here? It's good to be together. Man. My goodness. All right, well, this is a great paraphrase of one of the core teachings of Jesus. And then there's a resource besides the book that I'm going to give you at the end of this, this talk and this message. All right, Matthew 11:28 to 30. For those who can see it or have it, you can read along with me. All right, starting at verse 28. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is the word of the Lord. You may have a seat. So I have uh, three questions from that, from that verse uh, for, for you today. The first one, uh, are, you, are you tired? You don't have to raise your hand. Are you tired? You can respond back. Are you tired? Even as you're excited for Brickley's opening on Main Street and you see a long line of revival... Wow. I mean, I'm with you. I agree. You know, God is really building a new, a new New England. And I really believe one day, wherever we gather and the church gathers, there's literally going to be people that I see lined up because although we know that we can experience the presence of God anywhere, there's going to be a day in New England and Rhode Island, South County, that people are going to be lined up waiting to get in to worship together. You guys believe that? I mean, if you can do it for Brickley's, you can do it for Jesus. And I mean that. I used to say that it'd be really cynical and, like, frustrated, meaning not because I love Brickley's and I was there with my beautiful daughter yesterday, waited in line joyfully, took the picture. But I actually... Believe that afresh, that God wants to do that and is going to do that. 
gathering together. You do know that there's something so supernatural and powerful about gathering together, right? You can worship God anywhere, but it's the lie of the evil one that says, ah, let me stay isolated. You know that, right? Hebrews 10, 25, 24 to 25 says, do not neglect to gather together as is the habit of some, right? Not neglecting to encourage one another daily as you see the day of judgment approaching. We got to gather together and we got to encourage one another. So it's so beautiful that we're here and we're gathering together. But are you tired? Are you worn out? You can put that verse back up. Are you worn out? Because here's, here's, here's as we go deeper what religion will do. See, what I just said is because I think that there's nothing greater in the world than serving people and serving people with the hope of Jesus. So, 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 so from a religious perspective, me saying we got to gather together, if you miss that we don't have to, but we get to, amen? There is nothing greater when you have realized that Jesus has served you, that he's come and that he's died for you, that you get to serve others. But we got to make sure that we're hearing clearly the voice of Jesus and not the voice of religion, and we're going to talk about that. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Jesus is saying, come to me. So ask yourself, I want you to have this be a, a message of really great reflection and then application. I, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life when, when I ask the question, are you tired? I want you to be able to say, well, I know why. Right? Good parents. Like, if our kids finally go to bed, we kind of know why, if they're tired, right? Do we know why? <laughs> Son, yes, you're very tired and you're a little short because daddy allowed you, because he's a little bit obsessed, to watch another Marsh Madness game. Anybody with me? Just me. Don't judge me. So good to have it back. For our kids, we know why they're, why they're tired. Why are you tired? I'm talking about, in, why is your soul tired? Why is your soul tired? You know, why is your body tired? You know, I love the quote that, that leaders know the secret weapon in leadership. It's called sleep. It's true. But why are you tired? It could be. And this might not be popular, but for me, it's like the greatest news in the world. You might be tired because you're too obsessed with yourself. Because you're, 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 you're self-serving. The, the, the ego, the pride gets in the way. This is for anybody, no matter who you are. That rather than serving, serving the Lord, serving God with your life, you're serving, you're serving, serving yourself. You're thinking too much about yourself. See, isn't that powerful about worship when we gather? We go from merely living in the horizontal level, living with people just across, we're living now in the vertical, right? Right? 
This is why it's so good. I love having people talk before gathering and then after gathering. But this really should be a time that through the word of God and, and, and through, through, the, through the, the time of singing and worship that you are doing um, um, work with God. You're, you're doing a, a, the, the supernatural countercultural act of eliminating distractions and hurry and you are focusing on God. Right? Me thoughts are replaced with, with, God, with God thoughts. It's the joy. That's the joy that, that, that God is inviting us into. But why, why, why are you tired? Why am I tired? Why are you and I worn out? Or burned out? Specifically on religion. You know, I, I think of us, you know, I, the invitation for people to come to Easter this, this, uh, this Easter weekend, you know, I, I made a, a, an appeal to people and I said, I want to invite you to come even if you don't come back the next week. Right? And I was like, that's good. I don't usually do that. I usually am like, how in the world do you not worship? You know, I just kind of get really judgy. Anybody with me? Like, ah, come back. Worship Jesus. You're going to meet him one day. <laughs> All that. But here's what I was thinking, because the reality is that as we invite people into encountering Jesus, the same is true for people who come every single week. The goal isn't just to come back. The goal isn't just to sit in a pew or to come to service or get baptized or go to even community group. The, the, the goal is really for, for a lifestyle of, of following the one who said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am, and I am the life. And, and what strikes me about this passage of Scripture and the invitation is that it's an invitation to come to Jesus. And I want to read a little bit of this, this, this chapter that he goes over, Jesus versus religion, because it got me thinking. And in the front of the book, you know, and, and I've had amazing times of, um, of prayer and of worship with, with Pastor Marco, but he wrote in the beginning of the book to me, he said, may this book be used by God to bring you back to your first love. And my first thought was, this little book gonna bring me back to my first, like I'm, I got my first love, you know? I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a pastor. I'm fired up. And then I read it, and I read more of Jesus, and, I, and the Holy Spirit brought me back to my first love. And I hope that happens to you. All right, chapter two, just listen along. Jesus first religion. Taking this verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30. These words from Jesus convince me that his goal was not to start a religion in his name. Jesus came to earth as a Jewish man, and his life was steeped in its culture and way of life. The Jewish people believe that they are God's chosen and live by God's word and will for their lives. Keep in mind that the Jewish people have been waiting for the promised Messiah for many centuries. And at this point in history, they were under the rule of ruthless, the ruthless Roman Empire. Jesus insisted that he came to fulfill the words of God to his people. He insisted that he was the embodiment of God's word. 
He moved into the neighborhood to show us what it actually looked like to live in harmony with God and people. As Jesus walked the earth, he sees that religion was actually doing the opposite of what it was intended. Do you agree? So the premise here that we're looking at is by nature, religion, there's, there's a value for it, but what happens when it's in the hands of people, especially religious leaders, no matter denomination, Jesus could see and sense that people were tired and worn out, not just physically, but also emotionally and spiritually. Religion without the heart of God will sap the life out of us. I would say that there's few people more unhappy and missing life than religious people who miss the heart of Jesus. I've been there. For those of us who grew up in religious settings, you know what I'm talking about. The religious demands can begin to weigh on your soul. Religious routines can become detrimental to the soul. We feel obligated to do certain things. And then we do them out of guilt and duty, not out of devotion and love. We are constantly working to appease God. And we get frustrated that we aren't producing the right fruits. There's no sense of excitement. And truth be told, we are bored with the routine and lack of creativity or imagination. We feel ourselves living a defensive life and not even sure on the why behind it all. Again, this is for anybody, and there's good in a lot of these different things, but this is whether whatever Protestant, you could be Presbyterian, Baptist, Pentecostal, Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, whatever your background is from. Religion can become impersonal. We do it because we have to. We don't enjoy it. It feels more like taking medicine or eating your vegetables. Keep eating your vegetables, though, especially you kids. Trying to convince ourselves that it's the right thing to do, but there's no life in it. We try to keep an appearance, but there's no power coming from it. Religion gives us beliefs, but it does not always lead to convictions. It's more of a private thing that we do on the weekends. We do it to earn God's approval. It's almost like a checklist. Just, just receive this. Just take this in. Say your prayers. Repeat after me. Check. You say check. Get confirmed. Get baptized. Try to be a nice person. Go to church when you can. Serve every sun Sunday for the joy of the Lord. No, that's not in there. Sorry. And remember that God helps those who help themselves. Check. That's a lie. He's kidding. In the meantime, life is being sucked out of you. The bottom line is that the religious routine is not having much positive effect on your life. Jesus said, come to me, not a religion. That's a personal invitation. He said, walk with me and work with me. That's a partnership. He also said, watch how I do it. That's a mentor or a role model, right? It's why we're gathering here today. You guys aren't in the stands and I'm not up here performing, amen? We're in a family and on a team and we're ready to go out and live out God's love mission, what? Together 
And we're here right now to get filled with the Holy Spirit so we can go out in his power and be his witnesses to the world. Are you with me? He also said, watch how I do it. That's a mentor or a role model. And my favorite part of his appeal is when he said, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Doesn't that just sound good? Doesn't that sound like the world needs the unforced rhythms of grace? Wait, life has a rhythm. Jesus seems to be inviting us to a dance. What is the soundtrack of your life? What's playing in your mind right now? If it's not grace, then it's works. If it's not peace, then it's chaos. If it's not love, then it's self-hate. Jesus is inviting us to a dance, and he wants to lead the way. In Jesus' days, farming was one of the major industries. In order to work the fields, they would use animals to help plow the land. Usually the cows would be yoked together or to plow and thresh grain. Farmers would pair an experienced cow with a younger, less experienced one. The older and more experienced would lead the way. That way, working together, they would yield the best results. Jesus said, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. That's the image of two animals yoked together. He wants to lead us on the journey of life, side by side. If he leads, we will yield much better results. Jesus is the more experienced one, so the pressure will be off of us. You guys can breathe. That's good. Jesus said, keep company with me. Lean in right now. This isn't just nice reading time with Reverend Stephen. Actually, nobody ever calls me that. We're leaning in. More time to hear this. Jesus said, keep company with me. In other words, let's do life together. This does not sound like a weekend thing but more like a lifestyle. The outcome is that we will live freely and lightly. That's Jesus' invitation to us. I think that life is better with Jesus. And I think that we are better at life because of Jesus. But that only happens when we embrace his invitation to a relationship with him, not just check a religious box. Jesus says, come follow me. The more you spend time with someone, the more you get to know them and eventually trust them. That's what Jesus did with his students. He invited them to follow him, and they did for about three years. They were together 24-7 for those three years or so. These students, or apprentices, another name for a disciple, they were to learn and do what Jesus does. Actually, Jesus calls them to follow him with the intention that they will do what he does, not just watch him do it. Those first students are just like us, just regular everyday people. So we can follow Jesus just as we are. As they followed him and as we follow him, we learn that the invitation is an eternal journey. We don't need to earn his love 
or his approval. His invitation is saying that you and I are loved and approved. I come just as I am. Can you say just as I am? Just as I am. Just as I am. Jesus is not grading our performance. This is a grace invitation, not based on our works. Jesus justifies me. Jesus is my righteousness. Jesus gives me new desires. Look at this verse from Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. One of the things that we're going to do during baptism, that's going to be, by the way, right outside on that hill. We are going to have the biggest party. And don't worry about the pressure being on you because when I see you in that baptism tub, I see the cross, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And I see not just your story, but my story, our story. That we were dead in our sins in which we once walked, following the prince and the power of the air. We were controlled by the lust and the passions of the flesh, and by nature we were children of God's wrath. But God, being rich in mercy, made us alive. Hallelujah. You can clap for that. You can clap for that. <laughs> but it goes on. And actually, as a church, we're going to get in the rhythm and habit of doing this. We're going to all read this passage together, especially in this age and this generation. Life is full of liberty, peace, and joy when you realize that now the attention isn't on me, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. Hope of glory. Ephesians 2, we're going to finish reading this. You can put up Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved, say it with me, through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Another translation that he uses here is, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is the gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Another paraphrase, God doesn't help those who help themselves. God truly helps those now and forever who realize that there is ultimately one great savior and helper, Jesus. You know, continuing on, you are following Jesus when your heart is responding out of love and not obligation. When you're dancing because you want to dance, not because you have to dance. Duty is replaced with devotion. Have to is replaced with wanting to. Boredom is replaced with excitement. Introverted, extroverted, but boredom is replaced with excitement. It's why it's okay not to rush out of here. What we're doing here is what we're going to be doing forever. Enjoying the presence of God. He goes on as he finishes this chapter, Jesus versus religion. Works are replaced with grace, but there's a cost. 
To follow Jesus, I must let go of my pride. In other words, I must let go of the illusion that I can lead myself. I must let go of pretending. I don't have it all figured out. You guys, I want to encourage you to share this, uh, this service today, share the worship experience, and maybe when you share it, you could just put a quote and say, I don't have it figured out. Could we flood Facebook, Instagram, every other thing that is out there with that? Could you say that right now? Say to God, I don't have it all figured out. You should make that a prayer. And I will stop faking to the world. I don't have it all figured out. Men, men, men in this room. Men in this room. Young men in this room. It's all right. You don't have it all figured out. You can't fix it. You can't fix your soul, your heart, your mind. Women, but men and women, <laughs> don't have to worry when you are not the one who is the captain of your life. Do you receive that today? If I could, I would go up to every one of you and lovingly shake you and hug you, but I'll pray that the Holy Spirit will do that, no matter who you are. Would you receive that right now? You are not the captain of your life. Jesus. I must yield myself to him. His grace is not forced. Jesus can't make me dance if I don't want to. In a dance, someone needs to lead or it's a train wreck. So who's leading your life? Who's leading your life? No matter your age, no matter your background, who is leading your life? This is for anybody and everybody. said that this is my son last night, seven, year old, seven years old. Who is leading your life, son? Seventy or seven, who's leading your life? I think sometimes we have a hard time in evangelism and sharing the gospel because even though maybe we've said a prayer or we've gone to church, deep down people who've been following or saying that they believe in Jesus for many years have actually been living their own lives with a little bit or a lot of God sprinkled in. Who's leading your life? Who's leading my life? Who's leading? This is the, this is the battle right now for your heart, for my heart, for the church. People, for whatever reason, probably because maybe we've forgotten to actually read and apply our Bibles, are being woken up to the fact that who's leading the church in America? And my response is, is he leading your life? Is he leading my life? That's the invitation. But we got to get to the heart of it all. And I love how he closes this section. He says, are you tired? Says it again. 
Are you worn out? Go to Jesus. He is one prayer away. His prayer, and I'm going to invite some of you to pray this in a moment, is, Jesus, I want to recover my life. Teach me the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus, I want to recover my life. Some of you, you've gotten a whole bunch of religion, no matter styles, no matter the name on the church, no matter the background. God is inviting you and I to recover our lives in Jesus' name. You see, the invitation for this recovery of life is true, and I keep thinking about the story of what happened uh, last Friday, not this past one, but over a week ago. In the funeral home, I shared this, in, I mean, in the hospital room where somebody 50 years old dropped dead of a heart attack, and in that room, in the, in the face of literal death, we gathered around and we did not wait for Good Friday and Easter to remember that our God is not distant, not dormant, not just a great teacher, but actually the Savior and Lord who suffered as the suffering servant taking on our affliction, pierced for our sins and our transgressions, and in our place took on the unrighteousness and sin, and by his blood and through his sacrifice and through his death and resurrection gives us new and eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That means God be praised. But I left that hospital room not just thankful for that eternal life when I die, but the continual recovery of my life in this life. The continued invitation to follow Jesus to take my exhaustion, to take my uncertainty, to take the unknown, to take the pride, to take the selfishness, and to come to Jesus. Do you hear his voice today? Saying, come to me. Come to me. What did you do today? What'd you do today? We have people here all over today, some from Pennsylvania. We have some people who drove down from New Jersey. We got multi-generations here. And when people ask you in 20 and now 2021, where did you go to on that Sunday before Easter when last year the whole world was shut down? What did you come to? What did you come to? And all the things that we could say, I came to this building in this style and it had this kind of worship and the preacher looked like that or talked like that and it had this service and that service. No, what we say collectively as an anthem and a unified people of God, we say that we what? We came to Jesus. We came to Jesus. That's what people are hungry for. That's what your soul is thirsty for. 
So would you pray that today? Now, see, this isn't just for the people who have not yet said yes to Jesus. And then you're concerned and thinking about what I should do. Should I stand, raise my hand? Is he then going to make me get baptized? What do I do? This is for hearts that are beating and are tired and worn out and burnt out. And you still have that untangling religious say prayers a certain way, go to church a certain amount of time, do a certain thing at home, do this, do that. All this, un this, this, this mess that God wants to untangle from our lives. So we come to Jesus. Humility says, I receive this. Pride says, I got this. So I'm going to invite you, whatever you need to do, to pray this prayer. For some of you who have not prayed this prayer for the first time. I was thinking last night with my son, he hasn't yet made a decision to follow Jesus. And I was just sitting there and I was just, I can't force him. And I don't want to force him. But I was just praying and God said, keep praying. You know, I looked at him and he was so tired, you know, just being a kid. And I said, Jacob, you know that I wouldn't be your dad if Jesus hadn't grabbed the hold of my life. He saved me. He filled me. He's set me free so that I can live not for you and for other things, but ultimately for the, for the one who created, the one who is Lord of all. And I prayed this over him. And I'm increasingly praying it over people in South County and family and friends with a belief, God, come what may, your will be done. But would you do it now? Now is the time. Easter revival now. Would you pray this prayer with me? Some of you for the first time with eyes closed, I'm gonna invite you in every demonic distraction and every person or thing around you, whatever, just know God's voice is coming to you. <laughs> He's here. He's right with you. Pray this, Jesus. I want to recover my life. Teach me the unforced rhythms of grace. For some of you, with eyes closed for the first time, I want you just quietly to repeat that. And if you prayed that for the first time, Jesus, I want to recover my life. Thank you for saving me by your grace. If that's you, would you just launch your hand up? I don't care where you are. Jesus. For others in this room, we're going to pray this together. And this is your intimate prayer with your Father to come back to your first love. Jesus, say this with me. Jesus, 
I want to recover my life. Teach me. Say a little louder. Teach me. <laughs> the unforced rhythms of grace. Amen. Why don't we stand? We're not leaving yet. What went off in your mind? Was it service is done? Check. Check. Would you pray that in your mind what would be replaced from checking another box? Would you replace it with hearing the voice of Jesus saying, come to me? Come to me. Come to me. There's more work that I want to do with your heart and your mind. There's more that I want to do in your soul. You know, there's a, there's a resource as we sing that, uh, w that is on our website. And we just put it up there, and um, it's a great, great resource, great, great site. But basically, you'll you'll notice it in the um, church family, the section we have. Um, it's just basically called "Rhythms of Grace and a Rule of Life." You know, when it comes to a lifestyle of of surrendering to Jesus, it truly is a lifestyle, and we need to set up rhythms and habits. And this rule of life, this this rhythm of grace, you can go to it and you can just see that there is just different ways that God is inviting you and I. Some of the ways, this rhythms of grace, this, this rule of life, this is discipleship. Start the day in quiet prayer and scripture. Start the day in quiet prayer and scripture, reading before anything digital, like Instagram or the news or television. If you have kids, ideally this will be before they wake up. Simply start the day in quiet with God. Two, create a gratitude ritual. Draw your attention to the things for which you are grateful. Perhaps write them down each morning or share with your friends around the dinner table in the evening. Could you imagine starting each day in gratitude? You with me? Exercise or go for a walk. There's so many more as you go through. Limit your intake of news. These are all ways so we can have the unforced rhythms of grace. Anybody with me? Limit your intake of news. Number seven, limit screen time and escapist behaviors. It, is, it will be very easy to indulge in escapist behaviors. Find ways to limit your intake of things like alcohol, social media, television, staying up late, other rhythms of grace. We gather here on Wednesday from seven to eight. I love uh, just a, a, a brother in Christ, a guy that I'm able to disciple. He's on the football team. And as he, before he, every Wednesday, he gathers along with some other friends in here to sit and silence. Do you know how radical an act it is in today's noise and culture to have an hour quiet with God? That's why we're here. That's a rhythm. Wednesday nights. 
Community groups during the week, that is a way that we can live in the unforced rhythms of grace. You know, I love the church and I love the larger church and oftentimes, and this is why we wanna have a relationship over religion, Jesus versus religion, but they often will talk about, man, I want discipleship, I need discipleship. Well, then you'll invite people into it and we overcomplicate it. Set up these rhythms, set up these habits, get connected in community. One of the most powerful unforced rhythm of grace and rule of life for me and my family is Friday nights, where we have Sabbath rest. We get food from a local store. We try to turn off our phones. And just as a family, we tell them, it's not just the weekend, but we tell them that Jesus is Lord and that we do not work to rest, but we rest to work. Amen? It's one of the ways that I see people becoming disciples is when they see, not because of our works, but the unforced rhythms of grace, we are being counterculture and we are saying that we are done with our work. Jesus is the one who never sleeps. He's the one working and now we rest. So out of this place of rest, we can what? We can step even deeper into partnering with God because the work has just begun. There's more souls that Jesus is gonna save. There's more community that God's gonna form. There's more disciples that are gonna be made. There's more demons that are gonna be cast out. There's more healing that God's gonna give and that God's gonna bring. There's more new songs that are gonna be sung. There's more children and youth and students that are gonna be raised up in the passionate power of Jesus unforced rhythms of grace the unforced rhythms of grace as they sing over you receive more of God's grace these unforced rhythms there's more that you can tune into and look at never to earn God's approval but so that we can keep in step with God Keep in step with his grace and with his mercy. Come on, let's leave here refreshed, resetting our eyes and our affections on you, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. God, we thank you for those who are getting baptized. We thank you for those who are taking the step after this to share their testimony. God, we pray for every lie, every fear. God, every anxiety. Be gone. Jesus, be lifted high. God, for those who feel a tug in their heart to say, I, I want to recover my life and take that step of following you. May, may they decide that today. And may, Lord God, people in this room truly, truly come to Jesus more refreshed than ever, ready to partner with you and live out your love mission in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing and let's worship. This is a house of praise. Thank you, God. Well, GC, if you made it this far, so proud of you for investing into your, your heart, your mind, your soul, into your spiritual life, your spiritual well-being. We hope you take that next step and you connect in community through community groups. We have community groups all over South County, really all over Rhode Island and New England, not only in person, but online. You can find out more and you can join at generationchurchri.org slash community groups. For those who continue to just 
joyfully give above and beyond and partner with what God is doing here in South County, thank you. Every single dollar that you give is making an impact for the fame of Jesus.